Whoa! Pick up your lager, it's time for Saga! Head to the fridge and go grab a lager We're gonna read a comic called Saga It's a space operatic adventure It's not just for geeks, it's for those who love culture Star Wars, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings It's a brilliant mashup of all of your favourite things A girl with wings and a guy with horns They're trying to protect their lovely little newborn A cat who spots lies, a babysitter who is dead There's even a man with the television for a head He's got a television for a head. Whoa! That's right. We got high energy tonight, people, because we're bringing you episode five of Water Saga. Have you said it in everyday life this week? I hope you have, people. If you have, write in and tell us. You can do that at watersaga at gmail.com. Uh, but enough of that. We'll come back to that later. This is a podcast where we look back and read along and discuss the amazing image comic called Saga. came out in 2012. Brian K. Vaughan writes Fiona Staples' Draws. And it's a whole world of goodness. And we're discussing one issue at a time per one episode of the podcast. It's not just me, the chief, doing it alone, though. I've got two high-powered guests I've got a researcher, an entrepreneur, an expert, a specialist in the world of play, and it's Miss Emma Warrillow. How are you? Hello, I am good, thanks. I'm recovering from a fractured foot. Oh, no. And it, I took the recycling out, oh, which never do that. is dangerous, yeah. apparently, when you're turning 40. <laughs> and it's not my job. I don't normally do that. Ben normally does that. And ah, gender assigned tasks in the house. I, I would say that's evidence as to why I don't do it. Yeah, that's mm. the ultimate of um, do the washing up badly. Yeah, it's break a, a limb yeah. so you don't have to do a job again. I tripped yeah. over a pile of stones relating to one of my gardening projects. Oh, so it was yourself. I thought I was going to say it must have been a skateboard. No, it's one of your out of control gardening projects. It. <laughs> It's in that, control yeah. now. Okay. <laughs> but right, okay. but it, it, it was out of control. Was the budget control. was out of control. Yeah, yeah right. Um, the other voice you may have heard is a aspiring comic book writer and our friend, Mr. Dave Wimblett. How are you, sir? Hello. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I didn't break any bones this week, so I'm good, thank you. Well, okay, excellent, excellent. Uh, keep on doing them chores around the house then, I guess. <laughs> thank you. Uh, have you got drinks? I have. I'm going first. I've got a... WZ Brewing Company Wee Zesty Lemon Verbena Slushy Sour. Wow. I've never known anyone have more mm. niche drinks than you. You must have a craft beer shop at the end of your road. Yeah, it's called Lidl. Oh, yeah, they've got all the craft <laughs> beers. There, all they? of these, all of these from Lidl. I don't go to the supermarket anymore. No. So no. it's hard to find them. I don't yeah. really want to browse Tesco no. online <laughs> to no. look at beers. Now, last week, Emma, you had a green mug with a green tea inside it. Anything this week? No, I've just got a delicious pint of water. H2O, life giver. But yeah. I do have a rehydration mist for my face. Perfect. So I'll be nice. hydrating through water. And also, if I just need a little burst during the episode, I can just spray this on my face. Lovely. Uh, Dave, any drinks today? I've got a Cumberland's Golden Beer. It's, right. it's not as jazzy or as colourful no. as yours, but it's it's going down well. Cumberland, so is, it, us... is it sausage flavoured? <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no mention of pork on here. No. 
<laughs> now, you promised us a couple of weeks ago a banana bread beer. Ah, uh, yeah. I drank it. I okay. couldn't wait two weeks. Drank it, yeah, not on the show. <laughs> Hopefully, you were at least reading a saga comic as you were drinking. Yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. Good. Doing good. Prep. All right. Fine. Ah, oh, balls. I've spilt this beer over my saga comic. <laughs> oh, what a saga. What a saga. <laughs> yeah. Straight out of the gate. Deliberate. That was oh, staged. It was not deliberate because this is a deluxe compendium uh, hardback. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Anyway. I thought these beers were just for show. I didn't think you actually opened them. Oh, goodness gracious. Well, listen, where are we at this moment in time? Our heroes have had their kid and they're on the run from everyone. Uh, one of the main protagonists, one of the main people that's chasing them, The Will, is a freelance contractor. He's just been to Sextillion and uncovered the seedy part of the sex trade. He made amends by mushing a guy's skull, which was fun to watch in a kind of horrible way. But now everyone is trying to escape. The Will's trying to escape Sextillion with the underage six-year-old girl who doesn't have a name yet and Alana and Marco and Hazel and babysitter Isabel are trying to escape the planet Cleave. So let's find out in this issue what happens. We will start with the cover and it is our friend Prince Robot 4 who, Emma, you didn't like. You guys love Prince Robot. He's my favourite character. We'll find out if he still is after this issue. But I know you didn't particularly like him but here on the cover... He's standing up in all his royal garb, very multicoloured, and he's got his hand on a globe. And as with the other covers, the rest of the background is just kind of blocked colour, which I think you uh, helped me out on that terminology last time, Dave. But do we think anything particular about this cover or is it just a nice image? I don't know if the style of how this has been drawn felt different to me and it felt like a royal portrait style Mm -hmm. versus... The rest of the artwork, which seems to be more sort of shiny and clear in comparison to this, which looks painted. Yes. Yep. A bit more pastely almost on the sleeves. and It's the texture. Yeah. It's it's sort of matte. It does look like it would be on a wall in a royal house. Prince Robot, again, getting more privileges, (laughs) even in how he's drawn. Yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah. is it a case also? Maybe it's not, and it's just coincidence. But and he's not the main character from this storyline. But I guess is he's central to some of the stuff that happens here. Whereas the last mm. one was the Will and Lion Cat, who were kind of big in that one. I think previously was a clawed hand or the hand of the stork was on the cover. So they're definitely highlighting characters. I think that are playing important roles in the story. And even though even though Prince Robot is only in three pages here, you know, he has what I would argue is one of the biggest moments of the issue. Yeah, he's got his hand on the world, sort of setting his intention. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, his position in in the universe. Um, I think they're trying to highlight some of the other characters, aren't they? So it's not just Marco and Alana. Yeah, that makes sense. And opening splash page. Have we got any thoughts on this? I love this. Yeah, I mean... This is the ultimate splash page, isn't it? It's like when people always say, "Well, so even you the missed queen that, Emma. Is... That was a gag by Dave. Oh, I did. It's the ultimate that. splash yeah. page. Yeah, sorry. Basically, just... for those who haven't read, it's Prince Robot sitting on a public toilet in a big open kind of bathroom, reading a novel, 
And what a splash page. Very good. No, that's a terrible joke, Dave. <laughs> Please go on, Emma. Allowed. I like it because you know how people always sort of say, well, even the Queen goes to the toilet. <laughs> it was Because we've got this opening cover where he's got this very furry, regal gown on and he's got his hand on his hip and then you're straight in and he's just on the bog having a crap. Very clever. I These got splash very, pages are great. I got very hung up on his texture <laughs> and what he is made of because when i first looked yeah. at it i was like oh he's he's on the toilet but he's forgotten to take his trousers down I, yeah, that was my thought. exact same yeah, thought yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. so i don't know because on this the front cover he's his hands look quite human but yes he's... but we did see him having sex with his wife in issue one or two and i think he was portrayed as it's having gray, gray skin. skin yeah in those scenes yeah it's strange because, yeah, his his physique is very human like, and yes. obviously is wearing clothes. But yeah, I just found this really bizarre. And also, he he's taking a crap, and he's a robot. Mm. What's, yeah. And what is he crapping out? Because yeah, he's he's, no his mouth. head his head is a screen, so he's not mm-hmm. eating anything. Yep, physics. <laughs> physics. I'm not sure that will get explained ever in 108 issues of this comic. No. <laughs> But then we turn me, the page. And then I, st- I started imagining, I was like, maybe he's just, like, is he, do they like to act out like humans? Does he, so he's thinking, he wants to really immerse himself in this book. He's bloody obsessed with this book. Yeah. He can't put it down. Well, he's reading The Heist. Yeah, he loves it. the novel that we saw previously uh, in... A couple of issues back, right? Yeah, who is it when he was doing the interrogation? Yeah. yeah, and and she was reading a book. Alana was reading a book, this mm. book, and now he's horrified that she was reading that book and he's Yeah, so is he reading it. it for pleasure or is he reading it to try and get into the mindset of Alana? He can't tell, research? but he's he's deep into it. So much so he's sitting on the loo. Yeah, and we get your, we get your rotary saw word balloon here, Emma, that you like yep. so much. When yep. he is on the phone to his missus, Mrs. Robot or Princess Robot. Yeah, uh, so you Prego. Get, yeah. And that's the big that's the big bomb drop for me here. Well, you know, maybe not the biggest, but she says, Four, I'm pregnant. And yeah. he's like, My he sits up straight on the crapper and you know, he this is what he wanted though. He he wanted to retire from military service and start a family. And he you get also an insight here into the fact that he doesn't want to be here and he calls his father uh, he says you tell that miserable old prick i'll have the coalition's mess cleaned up before you're out of your first trimester so what is the relationship between him and his father i think it's kind of fractured i think it's very mm. much you will be the next king when i'm no longer here and i don't think royal duty is what he wants i think he wants to live live his own life now he's served he's done his bit and you know but he still has that expectation from from his mm. lineage effectively on his shoulders and again i'm getting too hung up on it but how has he got her pregnant with his, <laughs> with his robot willie what's what's well, going he has on? got a robot wang because i think we saw it in that sex scene robo wang <laughs> he's got a robo wang much like chief after i've had i've had recently had <laughs> urethra, oh, i've had my urethra rebuilt they took an inside piece of my cheek Oh, and man. they cut out my urethra. You love and talking they, about this thing. They grafted it in there, and they yeah. building me a robocock. So I just wish you hadn't sent me that photo. Next, I, next time I'm getting my head done. I think like Prince Robot, and I will be 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> then he'll be 75% robot. <laughs> I'll be 75% robot. But look how plush. Where where she's on the phone to him in that second panel on that page. The four-poster bed, the mm. kind of gold candle holders. It's, it's very, like you said on that cover, he looks very royal in his mm. garb. This looks like she's in a very royal mansion or palace. Yeah. It's definitely the higher echelons yeah. of, of the Yeah, this of, is of the society. bourgeoisie. This is all getting a bit Bridgerton. <laughs> do you watch Bridgerton? I do. Oh, is it good? I've never seen it. I really like it. It's pretty okay. sexy, right? It's Very. It's like sextillion. Is yeah. It? <laughs> <laughs> For the last issue. But a lot more formal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boring. Yeah, I like her. She's got this big, um, I don't know what you call that, that big bottom of mm. that the time. Dress. Where they make their them look like a it's kind of got like of, a hoop in it, right? Yeah, but and her head is very feminine compared to his feminine television. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has this sort of square, yeah. sort of stocky head, and she's got this elegant point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout, actually. But yeah, I, I you know again, it's more characters being fleshed out with stories and real life stories going on it's not just all to push along the the main chase and hunt of alana and marco it's just prince robot and the princess have their own lives outside of whatever these two idiots are doing you know and she's pregnant and you know that that's gonna come up i'm sure in future issues um but that's pretty much we we do see him later i think when he oh he flies on a pegasus i think later on doesn't he but before that happens, we see the aftermath or the um, occurrences after this spaceship that Lana and Marco had seen lands, and then troops come out. And yeah, these we are, do, there's these no are cleave troops. Yeah, but there's no meeting of the robot and Alana and Marco. No. Oh, what they? Oh no, because sorry, they've already left, haven't they? Because they come across another returning character. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that, yeah, I've missed a bit there because this so, yeah. person that comes in saying a scout ship to the east has just spotted something. I think because they're wearing the same right. uniform, yeah, my yeah. tiny brain went, oh, that's just <laughs> happening outside. Right. I see. I see. And they, yeah. they've, they've linked the scenes, haven't they, by talking about babies? Yes. Yeah. 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 So it kind of flows almost from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you yeah. get these, then you do get this squad of troops come out and they've all got. I thought this was an interesting touch to kind of differentiate them. They've got different coloured wings yeah, and different style of wings and mm. they've scrawled um, words on their helmets. So one guy's got wings of death on his helmet. Another guy, when I flip the page, has got something that says um, cunt something on his yeah. helmet. Yeah. It's all a little bit, you know, individualistically military, I think, to differentiate, almost to give them individual characters even if they're only in three or four pages rather than just nameless faceless soldier guy yeah and, and texture to it prince robot is with these guys these this is his army yes yes well he's yeah that's another that's a good question because he clearly does not have wings and is not a native yeah. cleave cleaver cleavist <laughs> clevian clevian he's not one of them so I wonder what standing the the robot faced race has in this war. Are they I think they've just... been um they're in the employ of the cleave. Right. The or Cleveans, is it aren't they? or is it more that 
as a race, Cleve, these are the indigenous population, but it's like any major metropolitan city or country where it's a melting pot. And now this planet actually has multiple races all living on the planet. Yeah, they are reporting into him though, aren't they? Because they are, yes. They they sort of pause and say, well, he says they're the enemy. And then one of them says all of them, the one with the sea uh, bomb on his helmet, says all of them, the mum looks like one of ours. Yeah. So then I was like, well, is she part of Prince Robots? Well, no, just because she's got wings and she's, she's yeah. a Clevian. It said something in the first issue, didn't it, about the war being outsourced yes. to other planets and mm. hiring in mercenaries and hiring in... So maybe they have hired in a higher higher command of... Yeah, or maybe, you're right, yeah. maybe this person, yeah. Prince Robot, is from Cleve but just happens to be a different race because it's a melting pot. I don't actually yeah. know the answer to that. That's a good question. No. But it's not... And it, and it is a good question to ask. Yeah. Um, and it'd be nice to know the answer. But they do kind of... The story still works without actually knowing that but it's yeah. one of those cool questions to ask because oh that's you know it's made you think about the story more mm. yeah and we'll find out later i don't think they've said exactly who what prince robot's role is no i love it when marco goes absolutely psycho yes he's drawn you know that panel there where he's going rah you can see it's almost darkening around the eyes yeah and yeah he really has you know yeah, he's got like zombie touch eyes. paper here and just gone off like this is it looks like a jedi to me here with his robes and his glowing sword almost like a lightsaber but he is carving down these guys in a fashion because they've give they've their orders are basically shoot to kill all of them yeah and they they take a pun at her and that just infuriates him and it's good to see that just come out of him finally yeah yeah because he's been so he's been trying to it's almost like he became a dad and he's trying to like become this new person and he's like i'm non-violent now and i'm gonna do this and i'm gonna be like this and then this thing happens and his instinct is just like unleashed and that protective instinct for his wife and his child and his family just rages out of him and you get that image where his eyes are just like yeah. so open and his legs going like full pelt yeah and he's smacking and that one in the face also <laughs> that previously when he said the sword is never going to leave its scabbard um that he was almost lying to himself he kind of it was what he wanted yeah. to believe but it he wasn't was to, actually wasn't something that he was going to be able to yeah. follow through on. And maybe also in. that was that sort of dumb hope that you have as well when you have a kid where you just you just hope and think that everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Given the circumstances that they were in, it's highly <laughs> unlikely that he wouldn't have to defend them. So <laughs> yeah. maybe it was just that blind hope. Mm. I wonder, I was also wondering whether this is, the rage, the animalistic side that's come out of him. Yeah. Is that just him or is that his race potentially? Have they got some kind of real animal in in that yeah. race? Yep. That's interesting to know. And also, he says to her before they engage, he says to Alana, remember no killing. She says, <laughs> yeah, no promises. But this this confused me a little bit in the way it was depicted, I guess, because when he does go ape shit, I, I assumed he was killing all these 
Um, yeah, kind of because of the red, isn't it? Because of that red color. Because the red background yeah. and the way he is wielding this sword, and it's really slashing through all of these, mm. all these soldiers. Uh, but then later on, you see them all tied up, and they haven't been killed. Mm. So maybe yeah. it was just the way that scene was depicted. But I, I assumed he was killing them all here. Mm. But in fact, he wasn't. He's about to kill one of them at the end and cut off their fucking heads, as he says. But then yeah. he gets shot, and it's actually by Alana. And it yeah. turns out at that point that she's naturally been shot in the shoulder when she got shot. It's always the shoulder. Yeah, she wasn't dead. He got shot in the shoulder. I love the fact they've done it twice, that cliche, twice in within five issues. <laughs> well, it suggests to me that he's got this temper that maybe he doesn't have control of, yeah. and perhaps that's also why he was trying mm, to yeah, be yeah. non-violent yeah. i this part where he's sort of headbutting this guy and the mask is shattering i thought that was uh funny because he he is a bit like a goat like a ram oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and yeah. he's ramming they had yeah. to do it and then this bit where he's just like knackered in the middle i was like <laughs> oh he's, he's really He's gone a bit nuts. Yeah. He's like, kill yeah. all the feathered fucks. Yeah. Cut their heads <laughs> off. It's like, oh, okay. Okay, he's lo- he's lost it now. At first it was like, okay, here he is. Here he is. He's defending. And then you sort of, you, you have a lot of panels here without any words. I don't know if yeah. you've had that many before and you're really sort of with him on the fight. And then at the beginning I was like, yes, here he is. And then I was like, okay, okay. He's, he's got a few issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right because she's that's his that's his uh, lover's people, isn't it? Yeah. But he still says kill all the feathered fucks. So yeah, as you say, it implies that he's completely had a break from reality for a moment. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the fight scene is incredibly well drawn and depicted, just in the yep. way that it kind of flows, and you can feel when he's punching people in the face, and like you said, when he's ramming that guy's head, you know it it. You can really feel the impact and the ferocity yes. in his actions, which is that's not an easy task as an artist. So full credit to Fiona Staples there. Yeah, she's one of the best. But yes, but you can see that, you know, it was very much for, for four or five issues. He was, I don't want to say a wet blanket, but he was very much the, the passive one in the relationship. Yeah. And she mm-hmm. was the go-getter, the all-action, the doer. But here it's it's nice that they didn't carry on throughout the whole story that he was just the the mild-mannered meek one but you know he's got a bit of bit of guts to him as and well. And they have sort of flipped around because this expression on her face when she says dear that's enough she you could interpret that as being a little bit fearful mm-hmm. yeah yeah whereas in all the other episodes she's kind of been the one egging them on and hyping them up and the sort of dynamicness of her response to their threat has been driven by her and now it seems like she has a cut-off point yeah i think that facial expression implies that she knows that um he can lose it that he's got yeah. bad temper but what yeah. she, you might think that maybe she hasn't seen this before but the facial expression to me suggests that mm. she's aware that he can be mm. dangerous yeah whether or like you said dave whether this is something that's indicative of the, the, that particular race whether she's mm. seen it not from him but from other moonies mm. um, and she doesn't want him to turn into into that mm. so that's interesting we we then go over to sextillion where the will is trying to escape with 
the, his young acquaintance now, and they run into Mama Sun, who is a purple lady with a gold what kind do you call of that? bodice. Bodice is that a word? Outfit and a gold head mask mm-hmm. with red eyes and fangs teeth, and she mm. is horrifying as well. Yeah, it's not as complicated as it sounds. My thoughts were this is another fairly entry level cosplay potentially. Right. Oh yeah, such gold a good cosplay. Suit. That nice could mask. be a good one, Mama yeah. Sun. Yeah. Although I think the purple she, skin's the problem. She's not the best kind of, not a nice character exactly because <laughs> yes, she's effectively the, the real pimp because the guy yeah. who had his head exploded, he was as it turns out he was just the groomer, and mm. she's the one who owns the slaves. It before they get to Mama Sun, they have this conversation when they're on the run about where this girl has come from and she's from a comet not a planet so it's getting even more complex oh yeah you're right yeah and then says that uh, her uncle is the one that sold her and he says why the hell would your own blood do something like that and she says the horns arrested my brother because they said he was helping the wings even though he wasn't and i thought oh god that's so much easier for me to understand the horns, <laughs> the horns and, wings. and the wings this yeah. girl is talking my language right, let's call him that from now on <laughs> yeah yeah but, um, yeah, but in a, and again you know there is a panel there in the bottom panel of uncomfortable naivety because she's saying they said this job would just be cleaning like a maid I would have liked that better. I don't mind cleaning so much. Oh, it's, horrible. It's, it's horrible dialogue horrible. because because it's very clever and it's you don't want to imagine what she's mm. doing instead of cleaning, which mm. she says she'd be happy doing. But yeah. is this all she's known for the last year or so? And interesting to revisit some of the uncomfortable emotional beats we had in the previous issue. You almost we're thankful that that was done yeah. and we wouldn't have to think about that and it's kind of regurgitated here again by the creators. Yeah, and meeting Mama Sun and she says she's my owner and the fact that she calls her Mama Sun is just yeah. so horrible and creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she, Mama Sun knows already that the will has murdered what she describes as her finest groomer. Yeah, horrible again. Yeah. Um, I like this bit where Mama Sun is sort of challenging the will on his morals, saying, so it's morally acceptable to execute people of any age, suggesting maybe he has killed children, but only to make love to a select few. So she's calling him out saying, oh, you know, you're trying to be a big hero and you're trying to act all moral and trying to put him down a peg or two. And he just says, if I go explain the difference, you're far too gone to follow. All you need to understand is this kid comes with me. And I thought, that's actually, because I I understand that. (laughs) And I thought, I sort of really, I... I feel like, again, that tells us that he has a sense of moral duty and does have a a set of ethics to his work that are obviously quite complex given the nature of his work. But yeah. he does have this sense of what is right and what is not 
even though a lot of the stuff that he thinks is right, maybe we would also consider morally not good. But it reaffirmed that that he's 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 got some yeah he's got some some ethics yeah alongside plenty of grey area yeah and and Mama Sun tries to back up her argument by saying you know without us that slave girl would be dead if it weren't for us uh, here she gets food shelter and a steady income so she's trying to justify you know it's okay to slave out and pimp out this six-year-old, or would you rather she was dead? Um, and, and again, an interesting argument, which, you know, I don't think she's going to win, really. No, she's not going to win that one. Um, it's interesting that that she's saying that she thinks or knows that the will has killed children. Um, I can't help, maybe it's just me wanting wanting to pull for the will, but... I'm kind of like, well, I'll believe that when I see it, if you know what I mean, even though yeah. this is a book. No. I'm like, well, we, that could just be rumour. You know, there's all these assassins and they probably want their reputation to precede them. So maybe I, I feel like he hasn't done that. Um, but, you know. I do too. And it's like, it might be within the realms of what is expected of a freelancer. But so far, we it, they seem to be building up the will as an exception. Mm. Yes, apart from what code. Hazel said in the previous yeah. episode, where she yeah, said they're all monster. monsters, yeah, you know, no exceptions. So, but maybe that was something that he did in relation to her and her family, which made her call him a monster, rather than something he's done previous to that. Mm. But also to back up your assessment that he has a moral centre and a moral compass, Emma, he he wants to buy out the contract. He wants to you know free free this girl effectively he's really said, pissed because yeah. he's in a real checkmate here he we've just seen him crush a skull between his bare hands and he can't get this girl away because there's some sort of security elixir that she's injected with so yes if he just kills mama son takes the girl it's going to do some weird stuff in her arteries yes. Yes, and, and the only her. way to get her free is to pay the 650,000 credits or whatever it is. Yeah. And so his only, he believes his only course of action to get that money is to call up the stork. <laughs> our old <laughs> yeah. friend, our old, sexy aunt. Sexy aunt, <laughs> spider lady, the stork. <laughs> yeah. And look at the expression on his face when he does call her up. He is wide-eyed, he's bug-eyed, no pun intended. And... He's like, please. And he even says, yeah, he's you know, I only said those things because I'm still in love with you. So he's, I know, he's all over the place. He's he a mess. is all over the place. He's here. Because of this mess. kid, isn't it? He's, I don't know why yeah. she's using a, a sort of vibrator to. Yes. Yeah, it's a weird it's like a love egg, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's she's got a love egg phone. She probably yeah. brought in sextillion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Love it. Uh, she would be a hard cosplay, wouldn't she, really? But Yeah. Oh, that would be tricky. Would look good, though, if it was done right. Hmm. But is it, and yeah. it's not confirmed whether she's going to give him the 650,000. Well, that never gets confirmed. No. Um, because. And that, well, the, yeah, the, of course, that's because of the conclusion to this story, which is Prince Robot does turn up on this Pegasus, which is a flying horse with the beak of a bird. 
So I'm not sure oh, that's yeah. exactly a Pegasus, but whatever, Missed that. whatever that is. And he, what's the, what's he got on his face there when he's... A rattle. He's thinking about his little baby. He's got to get rattle. back before that first trimester. Yeah, he said that, didn't he? He's got a baby rattle appears on his face. His hand morphs into a, a cannon again. Yeah. Because yeah. one of his troopers has said she's reaching for something. Now, just to give some context there, the stork has turned up at the site where Alana and Marco were confronted by those guards. The stork finds them all tied up in a bundle. So they weren't killed by Marco. They're all tied up in a kind of classic cartoon fashion. Um, All in a circle with kind of blue glowing bands around them. That's when she takes the call from the will. And then immediately following that, Prince Robot turns up on the flying horse. One of his troopers says, she's reaching for something. He turns his hand into a gun and bam, 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 turn over to the last page. The stork has got a gaping hole in her chest because she has been blown to smithereens. She's gone, I assume. I assume she's dead, right? With a rotary text caption of hello, because the will was still on the phone to her. So now he's got to go after them, get the money to save the girl. Well, I don't know what the heck happens next because you're right, we're in a right pickle. Alana and Marco have technically escaped. They're on their way to the Forbidden Forest. In fact, there was a couple of pages, wasn't there, before the stalk appears of Alana and Marco in the spaceship. Uh, Does anything of relevance happen here? I'm just scanning the pages. Oh, yeah, Hazel just says a few words. She says, he and aha... I don't. Th- I think they're more noises than words. He feels cursed. He feels. He says, "How come it feels like I've just gotten us cursed?" Yes, but they both look happy in those those three pages. They're both kind of smiling, and they've been through a lot so far since they've been on the run. And I think this is the first chance where they thought we have a chance. But that this is the first. Mm scene where they thought we've got a chance of actually getting out of this hope yeah bit of hope and hazel and hazel laughs this is a nice moment this is a co-parenting moment here yeah yeah and alana's like well the spoiled brat's got a lot to be happy about we're alive we've got each other and the rocket ship forest is right around the corner and again she's driving and he's holding the baby yeah but it was kind of like in that moment where they're saying i mean she's been sarcastic but you do sort of have those moments where you're just like, as long as we're all alive, as long as we're all together, yep. as long as we're going where we're meant to be going, we're, we're all okay. It's going to be mm-hmm. all right. Yeah. So they, as a trio, think they're doing okay. Stork most definitely is not doing okay. No. Prince Robot has, he's not in a good position because the people he's trying to get have eluded his grasp again. And the wheel is in a world of trouble because he's mm. trying to free a six-year-old sex slave and he's got no funds to do it with. So there's only what three people. What a saga. What a saga. There's only three people who are kind of happy-ish at the moment. And it's the three main people we're supposed to cheer for. So at least that's good. So what is the co-parent rating out of five for this, do you think? Five. It's a five, five for me. Yeah, it's a five for me. Because they are helping each other with their weaknesses. So he he's really stood up as a defender under threat but she's also has this intuition about his temper and not being able to control it and she calmly 
just prevents him points from going him. too far. <laughs> Calmly just, yeah, points a gun at him. Gives him a little, little... But it is calm, you're right. Reminder. Yep. She says, dear. Yep. Says it <laughs> so nicely. It's, it's, it's a five from me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with five. you on that, Emma. Not very good. And favourite character from this one? I don't know. I wanted to say Lion Cat, but I think that was in the last <laughs> issue. I just love that bit where Lion Cat said lying when the will yes. said you wouldn't have liked it here on 16 yeah. but yeah that was okay, the last fine. that's fine because i think i did say who's your favorite character and i don't think we, we got sidetracked we never got around to answering mm. it so fine you can have lion cat from last issue dave that's fine yeah. emma favorite character in this i one? i feel bad for saying it you're gonna say mama son <laughs> yeah it's not that it's not that i liked <laughs> yeah. her uh, but her the visual i am yeah. so into that yeah, it's i clean. character design it's, it's the so colours are incredible cool. and she is busting out of that corset. <laughs> yeah. And she's strapping, isn't she? She looks like she'll beat the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah. because she has quite masculine yeah. torso, particularly in one of these panels, and a fantastic bottom. <laughs> and she's quite she's quite willing to negotiate. I like that she's she's kind of negotiating. Mm. She is. She's trying to do the best for her own personal circumstances. Yeah. Um, it's quite the cliffhanger this issue is isn't it chief as yeah. you said lots of dire straits and yet it's yeah. not the last um it's not the last issue of the the arc, we've got one more issue in this story arc yeah which we'll cover next week i'm going for prince robot by the way for my favorite character oh yeah i think he just his image on the crapper in that opening splash page finding find out it, that you're going to be a dad while sat on the crapper yeah finding out he's going to be a father um he was a bit reactive there where he did shoot the stork. I don't think that was overly necessary, but... Well, no, but he's yeah, thinking of that baby. He's got oh, that yes, rattle of course, he had the rattle. He's got baby brain yeah. already. Yeah. He's trigger happy. He just wants to get it over with. Mm. How do I catch these two and get home yeah. quickest? And also, I can't die here because I've got to be around to be a father to my child. Yeah, he's yeah. got to shoot first. He's yeah. taken down a major later. character. I actually thought the stork... I thought we'd see her quite a bit, but that's it. We won't see her again. Well, here is a question for you. In the world of comic books, there's a well-known rule, which is no one stays dead forever. Mm. Do Um. we think the stork is dead? I mean, she looks dead. Yeah, I think she's dead. You know, Image Comics as a publisher, and this comic in particular is trying to be something completely different isn't it to superheroes and all that it's trying so, to subvert all the the norms right. and all of that so yeah i would imagine that she's definitely okay. dead game Done of thrones so. style let's just yeah, kill exactly. off people of as often as we right. can yeah uh that about does it for episode five of what a saga uh That's as so always bad. i've had a great time in the company of two fantastic people if you do want to get in touch with us please do so at what a saga at gmail.com send us your questions send us names for the groups and us uh, information about have you converted anyone have you said what a saga in everyday life tell us all <laughs> that jazz we will read out your email on the show but we are available on social media individually if people want to get hold of you dave where can they do so uh, on twitter at wimblet not a lot going on at the moment but hit okay. me up if you want and emma where can the good folks find your fine work find me on the gram at playful underscore den and listen to my podcast People Who Play. Interesting uh, guests Chief, always on People Who Play. Yes. Before Dave. we end, um, what are our um, hired assassin names? 
Oh, yes, we did postulate that last episode, didn't we? Uh, we what did. would we be? Because if you are a freelance contractor, bounty hunter, you have to start with the. Mm-hmm. So I think I would be the disruptor because basically you can put me into a situation and I will make that situation worse for you. <laughs> Just mess it up instantly. Mess it up for you in Grand <laughs> yeah. Chief style. There's even a yeah. phrase which is in, I would say commonplace because at least five or six people use it. If something, if something really gets knackered up or goes wrong, people say, oh, you chiefed that. <laughs> you chiefed it You've ah, right you chiefed that it. up. That's from the community, uh, is it? Yeah. Chief, I, I think you should be called the, um, the tumbler. Or something like that, because you're always falling out of your loft, dropping things, spi- having spillages. <laughs> this is okay. yeah, you're constantly right. sending us uh, photos of the results of. These I wouldn't say accidents. constantly. I did fall out of my loft twice, and yeah. I did. I do spill things on a weekly basis. So I maybe you might have been the Robocock. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Uh, I'm going in for stage two of that operation on September the second, where they're going <laughs> to stitch it up. Because at the moment. Uh, the chief wang is actually they split it right down chief the middle wang. and it's just open it's just flapping oh it's just God. not not sewn together so on september the 2nd they will check the skin gra- check the graft and they'll just sew it back up stitch it back this up. is what people tune in for wang chat yeah there's so, so much wang, wang chat, chat on this podcast yeah. <laughs> i mean i'll put a picture up on social media if enough people vote i'll show you the status of my no, you need to put a trigger warning on that. Keep surgery. Uh, Dave, what is your uh, bounty hunter? So I think mine would have to be the spoiler. The spoiler? Uh, last week's episode. Yes. You know, um, yes. just deep, digging myself in a deep hole there. So yeah, yep. the spoiler. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, Miss Warlow. Well, mine is going to be the muzz because you might remember <laughs> from the last episode, that is what my kids call me. The so muzz. I'll be the muzz. Yeah. Yep. I like in it. And okay. just mothering. I just quickly, are you okay with that? Yeah. Oh, fine. Fine. And is that reserved just for your kids or can we call you the muzz as well? That's fine. You can call right, me the muzz. We've got the muzz. We've got the muzz in the house. In the, his house. Came, I think it came from because they, Phoenix, who is 12, calls all his friends bruzz. Right. Bruz. But, and a lot of kids do call each other bruzz. So then I became muzz. Okay. Oh, bruzz instead of bruv. Bruv. Yeah. Bro, bro. Yeah. It's good to keep up with the lingo. I appreciate that. I'm I'm out of touch with um with with the hip. Well, maybe that could be. I could bring you a piece of Generation Alpha lingo every week. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that what it's called, Generation Alpha? The alphas now. Yeah, under sort of twelve and unders, they're alpha. Need to say that with the kids. What generations have we had? Just out of interest. So alpha, then it goes Gen Z. So which the is sort of which is what's Gen Z? Teens and young adults, and then millennials. But do right? you? But does? But does that have to be? Is there a specific year a that's off, based right? on? Yeah. So are Gen Z still going to be Gen Z 19, in fifty years time? Yeah, nineteen ninety five roughly. Okay. Right, nineteen ninety five. So what's before Gen Z? So there's Alpha Gen Z, and then it goes millennials. Right. Mm-hmm. And then Gen Xers. That's right. us, right? Gen X. What What year were you born? 82 or have I jumped yeah you're yeah you're very young Gen Xer, Gen Xer. okay Take what about two. old men like me 75 what, what year were you born 75 were you yeah yeah you're an Xer you're a true oh, true Xer true Gen Xer yeah coming nice. at ya X-Men style <laughs> X-Men yeah yeah okay very good Is it, and then what goes before that Boomer uh, Boomer, Boomer which yeah. is 
what 1950s up to yeah our parents and anything our before parents. that the silent generation okay oh, really right wow. love this love having yeah, emma on the pod <laughs> education for free <laughs> yeah. people come on it's roughly well. sort of 20-ish year cycles right okay okay so it sort of captures your formative years and coming of age and the time you were born and generational thinking or so- social psychology is a study of people who came of age who shared obviously not everyone shares similar experiences and that's where it all falls down because we have such different lives and privileges etc but who sort of shared same cultural history same inventions same technology right. at the same age yeah i mean i studied a degree in sociology culture and media and i don't know none of that so i don't know what i was doing <laughs> I was probably out on the booze every night. That was four years ago, Chief. You're never going to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I'll bring so big... you some more Generation Alpha lingo. Yeah, please week. do. Every week, uh, Emma is going to bring us the a muzz. new Gen Alpha <laughs> lingo for old cronies like me to be able to use and look like a right weirdo in everyday life. <laughs> yeah. Um, Right, uh, as always, I've had an absolute blast. Hopefully you have too, listening to this fine audio podcast beamed right into your oral canals. Make sure you join us next week for episode six, which will cover issue six. I mean, it's so handy. You don't even need any kind of reference guide because the issue number relates to the episode number. And there you go. So join us next week in the usual time, the usual places. This drops every Wednesday morning. And yeah, we've been the Saga crew. Make sure you have a good week, people, but make sure you don't have a saga unless you listen to this podcast. See you later. <laughs>